e-cigarettes. They've been a huge success, taking the world by storm. But are they really a healthy choice? With every lungful, you're breathing in a mix of solvents, flavourings and other chemicals. Why take that risk? At Fagley's, we believe that the natural option is always best. The finest selection of leaves is expertly blended and air-cured for eight weeks before being individually wrapped in an environmentally friendly, biodegradable paper to give you the perfect portion size. Cigarettes. Nature's choice. Well, I do say it's nice to have introductions again, and this time from sponsors, which I think is quite yeah. nice. Great to finally have some sponsors. Uh, we always welcome more, so if anyone else wants to get in touch, and uh, we can help you flog your fine products. Well, at least they're actually uh, introducing the content of the episode, which I think is pretty cool. Well, yeah. the, la- the Helium guy was. I hope he's fixed his leak. Yeah, yeah, that was a little bit unfortunate, but... Mm. Uh, but onwards and upwards, onwards and upwards. Exactly. So if you are tuning in, welcome. Episode 3 of Series or Season 2 of Culture Trumpet. With me, as always, is Mark. Mark is with me. Um, and Dan is with me. Hello. I'm always here. Can't get rid. Grab yourself a brew and uh, let's dissect the week. So, um, <coughs> what, what has been going on? <laughs> Good start. <laughs> what was the, sorry, what was the question before you choked? What has been going on uh, this week? Well, we had the final series of Ricky Gervais's Afterlife on That There Netflix. We did. All six episodes, I think it was, all dropped at once. Have you managed to uh, see them all? Yeah, I think I finished them by... I think I started it on Friday, and I finished mm. them by Sunday... No, I didn't. Saturday afternoon, I think it was. Okay. Thoughts? Thoughts. Uh, okay, maybe maybe I'll ask you a question because it might be easier. Go on. Was it a good enough ending for the story that we were set up with? Did it pay off enough for you? Oh, I'm saying that's a good. That is a good question. Going deep this, um, this episode. I think so. Yeah. Okay. He had kind of written himself into a corner to a degree, in terms of the main character that he played and some of the others in the show. But I, th- in terms of there was never going to be any kind of miraculous about-face from any of them, right? They weren't, good, they weren't suddenly going to turn around and, and uh, completely change their view of the world, right? No, I agree, but I do think it was going to be a bit... It was obviously emotional, but I do think it was still going to be a kick-in-the-face ending. I was expecting that. It's sort of just... Mm. I know the message is life goes on, and I, I get that, but I was expecting more of a a finality to it, maybe? Yeah. It was a bit open-ended, wasn't it? Which I didn't mind. I do think fair. it was a very Ricky Gervais ending. It so. was. It was. Um, given that this is the first show he's ever done that's actually gone to three seasons... Yeah, he's always finished them after two, and I think, the I think the office was two and a Christmas special. It Derek was. was two and a Christmas special. I, I don't know if there was a special of extras or whether that was just two seasons and done. So, I think, yeah, he clearly had a few more things to say. I think 
he doesn't seem to be the sort of person who will carry on with stuff just for the sake of it, right? He's happy to end it when it ends. So if he did go to season three, he, he clearly had a few things left to say about it. But I, I think it ended well. I think um, character-wise, like I say, there were, there were, none of the characters did anything out of character. Sure. I, I agree to that. But there was enough in there that was like believable. You know, obviously his Tony, his character Tony's outlook on the world certainly softened. Yes. And beca- became less kind of cynical and nihilistic, but not to an unbelievable degree. No. It wasn't like he was going around hugging people and <laughs> sure. high-fiving them, if you know what I mean. But he kind of, it just kind of, yeah, yeah, that's that's the best way I can say the, it. The um, one thing that I did feel was spoilt for me was, obviously in the first series specifically, there was that scene of him being called a paedophile by that little ginger kid. And, yeah. And the delivery of swearing in this one I felt was quite oversaturated. So it the... the the punch of him calling somebody a see you next Thursday, mm. um, it was sort of lost on me a bit because it was like it was sweary anyway. It's Ricky Gervais, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it it lost its edge, I think, because that you'd already had the shock. Yeah, and and, and he used that, it so yeah. much in this series. Mm. Some of it was still mm. fantastic. Um, oh, yeah, a a yeah. personal favorite was um, why did he jump the. Zebra Crossing. Oh, that's right, because he's late to his full-time job of being a... Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say that word on the podcast. Um, but yes. It was definitely kind of lost its impact, which, I mean, to be fair, I, I think I think there's probably a language thing there, right? Where th- there's, there is a, a way Brits use swearing as almost punctuation. I just think it's less shocking anyway to a British audience. Uh, definitely, but in the way that it was delivered in the first two seasons, I think it was quite sparingly. I mean, I haven't watched them mm. since they came out, but mm. I remember being more shocked with the language, whereas this one, it was every every couple of um, scenes he was dropping the word, and yeah, it lost its edge. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah, okay, okay. Of, overall, I thought it was fantastic. I have a lot oh, yeah. of time for, for him. Um not necessarily his film stuff because that's all. Oh, let's a bit let's not go there. But but certainly his TV stuff. I I just think. Is, is I think he's a nice spot on. a nice guy. And I read that there's um, Netflix as 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 partnered, I suppose, with Ricky um, to do some good by delivering some benches to local parks, um, and there are basically benches for people to sit and listen and to talk oh, to people. Brilliant. And um, I saw that today, and amazingly, where I'm from, um, two local parks are benefiting, which I think is wicked. That's really good. Oh, Isn't that's, it? That's fantastic. Make, honestly, yeah, actually, have, have a fantastic. look to see if there's one near you. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And and you can tell, you know, from his stuff on Twitter and online, he's a huge kind of animal rights activist and, yep. and, and all that, you know. So he kind of, he's, he's clearly kind of, there's things he is passionate about. And, and I think he, he is like many stand-up comedians and or many kind of performers where there is there is there's Ricky Gervais and then there is the character of oh, Ricky certainly. Gervais. Right. So you've got the character of Ricky Gervais is the guy who holds who hosts the Golden Globes. <laughs> right, who just is out to offend everyone. And then there is the real Ricky Gervais who is, you know, just the a caring down to earth guy. Yeah, and just, and he, just you the know, funny guy and all that. He yeah. says how much money he has and well, I can't take it with me. And I think he's well, he's 
big philanthropist. He's donated yes. millions over the years for charities. But yeah, um, and yeah, yeah. I you know don't want to brown nose the man too much, but I think he's I think he's <laughs> love him or loathe him, he does some very good stuff for the world. Yeah, and and I think one of the things is you you get the feeling that when he says stuff, he really means it. Mm. He has got that very kind of down to earth for for all. You know, his stuff on the Golden Globes is, is exaggerated. When he says he doesn't give a shit, you can kind of tell he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> you know, he, just, yeah. he, just, he just wants to make what he wants to make. A he bit wants like to make us. His shows. Yeah. That's why we're here still. <laughs> but he, wa- he wants to make his shows, make people laugh, maybe make people think, and then move on to do the next thing. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. What else? Okay, so um, as we are recording, just dropped today's the Moon Knight trailer for the, the next MCU show that's going to be on Lovely Disney jubbly. Plus at the end of March. That looks interesting. I mean, I, I've got no knowledge of the comic books. I don't know. I, I knew really nothing know about it. Um, and you Oscar Isaacs and Ethan Hawke was in it. Uh, one mm-hmm. thing that did take me by surprise was Oscar Isaacs' accent. Which is an interesting choice. I think he's gone to yes. the Dick Van Dyke accent school. I didn't think it was. No, I didn't think it was that bad. Was, it actually wasn't. It actually wasn't. That kind of <laughs> nervous Englishman. Yeah, it I wasn't. I don't know what the difference bad. between my dreams are anymore, Mary Poppins. <laughs> I think. Is it something like. That's not his real name, right? I think the real person who becomes Moon Knight, I think he's called Mark Spector. Which is what I think is alluded to in mm. the trailer. He picks up the phone. They say, "God, Mark, Mark, Mark." He's like, "That's right. Why? Why are you calling me Mark?" So and I think is. is is this Stephen? Like, he's he's kind of got um, lost his memory. He doesn't I, know who it's, he is. It's, it's going to be a mind bugger. I think it, it looks so, it looks yeah. really good. It does. I mean, it looks very. It looks a bit more actiony, a bit dark, more dark. Well, it was rumored to be slightly um, more grown up and uh, graphics maybe the wrong word but a bit more hard hitting like the, the Netflix MCU stuff but was, they, they haven't gonna said say, no no they haven't but I was going to say it kind of had more of a Daredevil vibe oh, than than maybe any of the others that have uh, been on Disney Plus so far I can't wait uh, not long not long no I'm interested in that one I'm interested purely because it's a brand new character it's not like WandaVision or Falcon or, or Loki or anything like that, where it's it's characters we've seen before. Do you know, I didn't think of that. It's a brand new one, of course, because we've it had is. Hawkeye as well. So oh, I've got Hawkeye, and him. then all the different what if character, you know, versions. Because um, there's so She Hulk all... as well, which is obviously new. That's a new one. Um, but that Iron will, Heart. That... Iron Heart. There's Armor Wars. That's gonna be rogue, um, though, isn't it? It will be. It will be. But yeah, um, he he's the first sort of brand spanking new character to come mm. to a TV show. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting to kind of see how how that pans out. Um, go on, I, I, <laughs> I think you you were talking the other day about <laughs> I knew some, this going. Go on some music that uh, you quite liked. I don't know, a, li- a little band from Tinmouth in Devon released a new <laughs> single. Um, you may have heard of them, um, Muse. Um, for those oh, who, I may have, yes, yeah. For, for those who remembered the old Culture Trumpet. Uh, website where we we tried doing articles. I wrote a bit mm. of a fanboy love letter to the band, and they are my favourite band hands down. But they have released their comeback single, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this is their first single released since the Simulation Theory album a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago. Oh, okay, uh, it's called Won't Stand Down, and it's bloody heavy. 
Okay. It, as as a musician myself, uh, it's in uh, dro- it's not in drop B, but the it's it's got a, a a low B string. Which, if you're into your metal, you'll know that's Machine Head. That's your Slipknot. It's really freaking uh, low I tuning. About, yeah, I was just about to say that, but I thought I'd let you. Thank you very much. So it's been produced by Muse themselves. Uh, mm. So that's both uh, all three of them, Matt, Chris, and Dom. But it's also mm-hmm. been co-produced by a chap called uh, Alex von Korf, who did okay. work with them on Simulation Theory. But there's no news on the ninth album, which is sh- presumably going to sit on. Okay. But um, ah, I was very, I was a very excited man last mm. week when it dropped. So excited. I've not heard it yet, but I'll give it a listen. And and certainly, if if there's an album on the way, um, I'm I'm interested in hearing that. Please listen to it on some good speakers. Okay. That's all I'll ask. I will. I will. So I think the the other one, uh, which is um, potentially could get all a bit soapboxy and, and and preachy, but let's let's try not. Uh, there's been some talk. I don't want to get into the political side of it because that's clearly it's just being used as a. That's not for us to really talk about. We're not as, that kind as, of thing. No. no the, yeah, I don't want to get into the political side because it's clearly being used as a distraction tactic from some of the frankly more important things that are going on right now but once again there have been threats that the bbc is going to have the license fee removed because what's the initial the actual announcement is it's been frozen at 159 pounds for two years isn't it that's right okay, but okay. It, but by the end of the decade the current government if they are still in power their intention is to scrap it all completely i believe by the end of the decade right okay and it's it's always something that they they come up and complain about. Usually, when they are getting unfavourable coverage in the press, um, and then you get obviously the swivel-eyed gammons kind of come on, going, "Oh, work BBC, lefty bias, blah blah blah, good riddance, blah blah blah, not good value." So, I guess from my point of view, I think there's a couple of things. One, I think it's fair to say that. The BBC have always been accused of it. Well, let's do two. Let's do first things first. Let's separate the BBC from BBC News, because this is a reaction more than anything from the government and from other people to they dislike the way that BBC News reports the news, right? Because they say, well, this is the thing. You'll get people on the left who say. You know they did. They they supported Brexit. That they aren't reporting on enough on what's going on right now in the government because they support the government or they're scared of the government or the the government's arse, right? <laughs> and you get people on the right at the same time saying that it's all a bunch of Ramona nonsense and it's lefties and Marxists and whatever, right? Any organisation that can piss off two opposite groups of people at the same time clearly must be doing something right. <laughs> right, okay. Right? Because both groups are finding things to get pissed off about. To me, that suggests they're actually fairly balanced. Right? Uh, okay, I see, I see. So that's one thing. I think in general, I think the BBC are just pro-government, whoever that government happens to be. Because, not pro-government, but let's say they are happy to be relatively uncritical of whichever government happens to be in power. Okay. Because because ultimately, they rely on the government to ensure that the licence fee continues as a thing. 
for funding, right? Mm. And whichever flavour government is in power, if they piss that government off, that government's going to look at what we can do to get them back in line. That's the political element of it. So I guess, I don't know if you have anything to add on that element. But I'll just miss line of duty. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, this is what then I think is, is maybe the thing that people who are complaining from that corner or that reason and they're complaining about, oh, scrap the licence fee, blah, blah, blah. I think they, they just think there's nothing on BBC One that I like or BBC Two's all a load of lefty bollocks or the news is rubbish. Therefore, scrap the licence fee, right? Without, I think, realising everything else that they do, right? You're not paying 150-odd quid or whatever it is for one channel that might have a few programmes that you watch, right? You're paying for... How, how many TV There's BBC One, two, three, and 4. There's God knows how many radio stations. There's, like, the four main radio stations... Plus the digital stations. Well, BBC Sounds is what they're peddling now, which is the the digital collection. Yeah, so there's all of that. Two children's programmes. You've got two ad-free children's 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 channels. channels. That's it. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a bit of, personally, I love a bit of Cartoon Networks. There's some really funny shows on there, right? With jokes that go far over kids' heads, right? (laughs) Shout out for the amazing world of Gumball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. But the adverts are relentless. Toys and fucking shite, right? And you stick on Children's BBC or, or CBeebies, and there's it's quality, well-made programmes. Engaging as well. I, engaging. I, I, I don't have kids, but from people who I know who have kids, it's quite educational, oh, the, which is a brilliant. shame. And again... So there's, there's a show on CBeebies, which is like for the little kids, called Hey Dougie, and it's a cartoon. Oh, yeah, I know about right? that. And it's like about a little a, a kind of scout group of animals, right? And there's an episode of that that's basically Apocalypse Now. Right? <laughs> right. It's a lift up, it's a takeoff of Apocalypse Now, and there's shots taken from it. And you know what I mean? It's like, there's again, they, they fit in so many cool. Um, References and stuff, and then you got a children's BBC, CBBC, which is obviously like the kind of early teens upwards, and they've got science programs, they've got dramas on there, original dramas, not these rubbish American ones. Um, and it's good quality stuff. And during the first lockdown, the BBC launched the biggest educational program in their history. Yep, yeah, I remember that of of curriculum based programs. And they pulled it out their ass. It came. It came to fruition within a week or so, didn't it? It was phenomenal. Yeah. They had programs on there. They had the presenters who normally jump around doing the the bits in between programs, presenting programs and side by side with scientists and doctors and mathematicians. You know what I mean? As they had people in the studios. Yeah, but Mark, so- Mark, Mark, you forgetting? I don't watch I that. I'm not paying. No, but I'm uh, sorry. But as an example, <laughs> right? When when all you're complaining about, or not you, but when all people are complaining about is they're not going to watch Strictly Come Dancing anymore because now there's two blokes dancing together and it's all work and all this, right? It's not just about that. There's all this other stuff. They do obviously the news. They do regional news. They do regional radio. They do training for journalists around the country. 
they do like citizen journalism if you look on the bbc news website now a lot of the content a lot of the video content is like locally produced not you know not like semi semi-professional you know no, anything's better than metro or vice well, yeah exactly right so they've got you look on bbc4 and there's they've got obviously on things like iplayer right they've got I know, like new shows might only be on there for a month, right? But the, the actual, yeah, but like the, archive, the archived stuff is incredible. Stuff going back years, documentaries, arena, panorama, horizon, you know, science, the arts, tons of stuff going back decades. They've got films, BBC films, you know. That it, you're not that hundred and fifty quid isn't just paying for the news channel or BBC One. Or the programs that you as a viewer like. They're paying for stuff for everybody. And the risk is, if they lose the license fee and have to rely on adverts and, and product placement, right? It will ruin sponsors. Things. Well, it will because they're going to be reliant on viewers. Because at the minute now, right? They're in a lucky position and perhaps they're kind of a complacent where they're guaranteed the money, right? Whatever happens, they're guaranteed an amount of money that comes in. And so they can afford to make programs that don't get many viewers. Okay. Right? Whether it's some crappy little web show on BBC Three or whether it's a really niche documentary about the history of colours on BBC Four, right? They can afford to do that. If that... Be, that documentary about the history of colours probably had about a dozen people and a dog watching it, right? Dogs that can't was, see colours, so that's pointless. It, it precisely, right? If that was reliant on advertising revenue, it would have never been made. No, I agree. I agree. You know? So I think when people complain about the licence fee, they're doing it from a very selfish perspective. And I think you need to I think you need to look at the BBC like you look at the NHS. It, it's everyone chips in. And it's for the benefit of everybody. It's not just about what you get out of it. It, it it's it's for the the greater good. The greater good. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I feel really passionately about it. I, okay, I it's time to move on then. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sorry. T- no, it, this is. I didn't I, think this was going to last five minutes, so I indulged I've, it. I've, I, r- I rambled, but right. what thoughts do you have? And then um, we can move on. I like Line of Duty, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm not going to. I'm not going. Di- one. I'm not going to discuss my politics on the internet. No, no. That's um, fair. That's personally, fair. I've always felt um, I haven't. I haven't necessarily had a problem with paying a license fee until the bill comes up, and I go, "How much?" Mm. Um, just because it comes at a time when I, you know, you start paying your license fee when you move into a new property. So there's yeah, yeah. there's insurances and stuff that come around at the time. And I think, bloody hell, another hundred and fifty nine yeah. quid. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the way it's always been, and yeah. to be quite honest, like, I, I, I'm saying this as a, it's not, it's not a joke. Um, a member of my family did get fined by not having a colour TV license. They were still paying a black and white one, and oh, right. completely innocently, this, yeah. you know, an older member of my family, um, mm. but legitimately did get fined. So I don't know if that's because I've now gone, oh, that it could, it could happen. But you know, mm. uh, no, they can't, they can't come into your house. But then again, I also don't want to be in that position to go. You can't, and they go, yeah, we bloody well can. Well, they can't. I mean, well, sure, but I, again, can't. I, I can't be asked being put in that position. But sure, sure, sure. I've paid more, whatever, you know. Mm, I like mm. Line of Duty. Moving on. I, I just think if 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 the licence fee goes, the BBC will change beyond all recognition, and you'll miss it. Uh, moving on. 
So, and we're moving anyway. on. <laughs> Listener emails. Listener emails. We've had emails. Right then. Yes, we have. So, shall I go do, first? Do, you you do the first one. You do the first one. We have a so, two. We've had two. We've had two. Right. The first one is from Tristan Finknottle, and he writes, Hi, guys. Big fan of the podcast. Thank you very much. I'd like to know, given the inherent duality and indeed the constant conflict-ridden and dichotomous nature of the film industry vis-a-vis the requirement to balance artistic integrity with the unavoidable need for profit within the capitalist system, what's your favourite Fast and Furious film? <laughs> I've, think... not, I've not seen any of them, thank you, Tristan. Oh, OK. okay. <laughs> I, I, I would say it's a tie between uh, five and six. So, uh, Do they have names attached to them, or were they just five well, and six? Fast Five and Furious Six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thank, thanks for that, Tristan. So, you know, we're getting in there answering those difficult questions. So uh, Brilliant. I, I think we've had another... What, what, what's the second one? So this is from um, a chap called Barry Spanner from Sussex. Thank you. Hi, Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for writing in. says, uh, hey, Culture Trumpet. I have to say I was excited to see that this podcast was taking off. Again, thank you very much. That means a lot. Really appreciate it. It's really good. Really good. Uh, He goes on to say, "Um, I listen in every week to hear you two talk about the week, and it brought a smile to my face for the first two hours. Okay. I feel like this has taken a turn. Um, Yeah. Okay, I'll carry on. Uh, Then I realised you never actually talk about trumpets. Uh. Right. Um... What a waste of seven hours. I can't believe you bring Trumpet into the title and they are never the subject matter. You've lost a listener. Yours faithfully, Barry Spanner. Ah. First trum- first chair trumpet, Sussex Symphony Orchestra. Um, so perhaps a, maybe a little bit of extra clarity needed in our... I can see why they'd be annoyed. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sorry, Barry. Okay. Sorry, Barry. Good, Sorry, good Barry. luck for the gigs that may be rebooked this year. C- congrats. First chess. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah. is your favourite trumpet? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let, let's move swiftly on to Please. the quiz. Quizzy. Quizzy. Quizzy, quizzy rascal. Quizzy. Oh, very good. Very quizzy rascal. I, like that one. I don't know if I used that last week, but it's usually a go-to <laughs> quiz title, for, a quiz name. <laughs> Uh, for me. It's Dan versus Mark. It's Dan versus Mark. Right. Same format as last week. Some trivia. Trivia. Um, and I've even cited my source for one of them this this week, so Mark can't chase it. Mm-hmm. Um, so movie trivia, five questions, five points. Uh, I'll go first. In what year was the first Academy Awards held? I know it's over 80 years old. I am going to go with... Was it in the 30s? I can't really give you that. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you... I'll give you a couple of years either side. 1938. Oh, uh, you're 10 or 9 or... No, hang on. How many years? You're years out. Oh. <laughs> 1929. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> well, I, I did say it was more than eight years old. <laughs> yeah, fair play, fair play. Okay, my turn. What was Alan Rickman's first film? Ooh. I mean, I, re- I don't know. I don't know is the answer. So I'm going to... I'll go with Die Hard. Correct. Uh, well, uh, what a guess. There we go. I knew he was young in it, but I did think he was acting... 
prior to I that in it, movies. He might have done T. I think he'd done TV in the UK, but that was his first film. Wow, fair play. Mm. I mean, sorry to, to tangent a bit. That's testament to how good an actor he actually was. Whether you oh, liked Die Hard or not, his portrayal of that mean bastard mm. is still one of the best movie villains ever. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah it's like yeah, the, sorry, set the template. Yeah, really set the template, yeah, of course. Anyway, sorry. Um, right, that's my go anyway. Yeah. How many films did Alfred Hitchcock direct according to IMDb? Oh, God, I hate this one. He did this with Spielberg. You did so well with that one. <sighs> gave 22. Up, gave up after the 80s. 22. Really? Yeah. So, th- so yeah. this is the number that when you go on IMDb it says director. Yeah, yeah, 22. It's Six- a guess, I don't know. 69. There you go. Hey! <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I wrote that earlier. <laughs> 69. Nice. Anyway, <laughs> smut. Okay. Who was first offered the role of John McLean in Die Hard and why? Uh, please don't tell me all of these are relating to Die Hard, Mark. Please. Can we just deal with one question at a time? <laughs> what, what year was Die Hard released? 1988? Yeah. Who was given it and why? Who was offered it? Who was offered they turned, it? Obviously sorry, they sorry, turned um, it down. Uh, Bruce Willis. Um, no. Uh, oh, I, don't, I don't know. Mel Gibson? No. I haven't got a clue, mate. Frank Sinatra. Why? Well, that was the second part of the question. That's why I'm asking. Can, can you think Why? It was going to be a musical? <laughs> no. Um, it's based on a book, right? Right. Die Hard. And the book is a sequel to another book called The Detective, which Frank Sinatra starred in the film adaptation of that. Right. Okay. So because it was a sequel, contractually, he had to be offered the role first. Right. But given that he was 70 years old at the time... I'd have loved to have seen that. <laughs> he quite wisely turned it down. Hey, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how Frank Sinatra bada sounded. Bing, bada boom bada... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mook. <laughs> and, so, and so he quite wisely turned it down. Yeah. And it was then rewritten and, and you know, tweaked not to, be, not to be a sequel, basically. Right. Okay, y'all go. Can't really follow that one up. <laughs> hey, uh, anyway, um, he's not the Fonz. <laughs> Which actor is also known as Eric Marlon Bishop? Is it a, is it an actor currently working? Oh yeah, he's um he. <laughs> oh yeah, with a name like Eric, I'm glad you got it. I would have hoped you've assumed it was male, uh, but we don't assume genders here on the Culture Trumper podcast. Of course. Um, but yes, uh, an actor is working has had a release this year. Oh. 2022 this year. Correct, Mundo. Oh, actually, no, good point. 2021. End of 2021. I'm going to need a clue. Okay. He's American. Right. Do you want another one? Yeah, because that doesn't really narrow it down No, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, let's try and think of a clue, because definitely didn't write these. Jamie Foxx. Yeah, actually. Really? Where'd you get that from? I just... Well, he just said it had a release last year, at the end of the year, which, like, Spider-Man was about <laughs> the only thing, wasn't it? So. Yeah, you're right. Jamie Foxx. I was going to say, yeah. he's in Tarantino, but you might have got uh, Sammy right, Leroy. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. I did not know that wasn't his name. There we go. It okay. is now. Who became the first woman to win a Best Director Oscar? Ah! Best Director. Well, 
again, I don't, I don't want to think everything's about Die Hard, and I wouldn't know her, her name if she, no, she didn't direct. I did. I don't think a lady directed. Chloe, Chloe Zhao for the Eternals. Oh, no, no, Mad Lad. No, it was Catherine Bigelow for the Hurt Locker. Oh, uh, okay. I'm glad they're not all about Die Hard. Just the first two. What on earth makes you think they'll be all about Die Hard? It's you. Anyway. Right. Your turn. For The Hurt Locker. That's a good film. Mm. What item is in every Fight Club scene? A Starbucks cup. Correct. What was James Cameron's first film? Ooh. Are we we talking feature length? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Yeah, Um, yeah. Oh god, I'm gonna do a U. Let's go back. I can't remember when the abyss was, but I know that was eighties, probably. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I'm not a big Cameron aficionado. Um, Making excuses. That's what you do. It works for you. <laughs> um, I've got a book about this somewhere. I don't know. I mean, I can't what came first, either abyss or aliens. So, um. Uh, 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 Abyss. I mean, Aliens came before the Abyss. Okay. The Terminator came before Aliens. Hang on. Oh, I, hang on, who am I getting confused with? I've no idea. Did Jim Cameron do both T1 and T2? Yeah. Oh, and I'm thinking of uh, Ridley Scott and Jim Cameron sharing Alien. Um, right, okay. Oh. No, Terminator came before Aliens. That I didn't know. But before the Terminator, there was Piranha 2. Okay, moving on. <laughs> he went from Piranha 2 to the Terminator. Oh, yeah. Oh, fair play. Yeah, yeah. Fair not play. Bad, not a bad girl. <laughs> yeah, fair play to him. He, he'll do well. <laughs> if he keeps plugging away, he'll, he'll have a he'll, hit He'll soon, get there, sure. he'll get there. Yeah. Avatar 29. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that's meant to be this year. I'll believe it when I see it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know that film that was really famous 12 years ago? Well, yeah, everyone's gagging for a sequel. Yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ. What's better than one sequel to Avatar? Five. <laughs> Every year. Every year. <laughs> He's turned into like X Factor, and we have the Christmas number one for five or six years in a row, yeah, or the Christmas Christ. number one film. Three sequels. We don't need three Give your sequels. head a wobble, Cameron. You yeah. did all right, but wind your neck in. Right, final yeah. final question. Final one, go on. Related, in fact, to Mr. James oh, Cameron. Right. <laughs> and a question you raised earlier. Um, which actress turns down the role of Rose in Titanic? Oh. So that's... Was it... I'm just trying to think of similar ages at the time. Was it someone like... Oh, I don't know. Nicole Kidman. I mean, good guess. Good guess. Wrong, but good guess. Was it... Let me have one more guess. Um, oh, actually, I don't know. Go on. <laughs> okay. No, go on. Um, it was Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that age-wise, that works. That works, yeah. doesn't okay. it? Doesn't yeah, it? yeah. Okay, okay. Which colour pill does Neo take in the Matrix? Oh, sh- shut up. So I should put my Wookiee to sleep. <laughs> um, you can tell I've only seen this twice. <laughs> I definitely haven't seen the new one. The blue pill. It's 50-50. The red. Oh, fuck off. 
<laughs> right. Oh, okay. You, you got two. Okay. <laughs> How many did you get? I, I'm not counting me. Oh, you you got you got one. Oh, oh well, yeah. Yay, yeah. victory! A resounding victory. For me. <laughs> There's okay. just too much to choose from, really, isn't there? Movie there trivia? is, to be honest. There is. There uh, is. Um, okay, so last episode we did a deep dive on Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we kind of got into some spoiler details and, and what we thought. So. We're doing the same again this week, not with Ghostbusters Afterlife. And hopefully but... not in too much detail with twenty minutes running to an hour kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um... We'll 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 try and we'll try and keep it brief. But I think uh, it's worth chatting. Now that it is available to anyone who wants to watch it on Disney Plus, we're gonna have a chat about the Eternals. It's time for topic or topics of the week. In Indeed. So, what did you think of it? Well, first off, a bit of background. I think it's a good idea to, uh, you know, introduce listeners to Eternals. Oh, go um, for it. So, the Marvel Studios uh, spiel is uh, Marvel Studios' Eternals features an exciting new team of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. That's a fair description, there you go. Nice and vague, not not too spoilery. I would take issue... Um, Sorry, Uh, spoiler alert. For anyone who didn't get the yeah. get the idea that we're going to spoil th- we're going to spoil oh, things in a minute. We are. We are. Sorry, Mark. Continue. That's continue. All right. That's all right. Um, no, that, spoiler warning, indeed. But I think from that synopsis, the kind of only thing I I kind of take issue with is the word exciting, because <laughs> Jesus, this was dull. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to like this film. The trailers looked good. It was interesting that it was Chloe Zhao, you know, who's clearly, a t- in you know, a totally different kind of filmmaker. Well, one that, like, I, I, I think she's the only MCU director to have won an Oscar. I believe so. So she was uh, Oscar. Well, doesn't that doesn't um, Kenneth Branagh's won Oscars, hasn't he? Oh uh, yeah, but he did for, direct for... Thor. He did. Wait, yeah. did he win an Oscar before Thor? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, okay, he's I, won I take. But, re- but anyway, I redact my previous statement. Certainly, in terms of let's say critical acclaim. Yeah, so she's a she's Nomadland. Up there. Nomadland, yeah, Nomadland, yeah. So she's definitely up there, you know, in in terms of critical acclaim. And, and yeah, it well, well, first, first of all, first of all, yeah. I wanted to enjoy this to not necessarily. I wouldn't. I wasn't. I would never jump on the bandwagon of hating it for the content that is in the film, which we'll come on to. Mm. I want to do to enjoy it, to not agree with those people, because one, I am not in that bucket, and two, I never wanted to almost be associated with potentially being in that bucket, just because I yeah. didn't enjoy Eternals. <gasps> yeah. Breath. But... No, the, when, when it came out, there was a lot of review bombing around quote-unquote wokeness and, and all this... Yeah, well, we've been there before, right? We've we've talked about all this shit before. So there was a lot of the reviews are saying, oh, you know, it's too woke, they've failed, you know, that's the MCU ruined, etc., etc. That side of it, I thought, actually, those elements, I thought, were really well done. I felt it worked honest. for the story. They, they, they worked, right, and, and they weren't out of place, they weren't kind of in your face, they, were, they just worked as... As character 
elements and, and story elements, they all worked. The film, d that's not the problem with the film, right? <laughs> two two <laughs> what, guys what kissing is? is not the problem with the film. Narrow, narrow it down more. The, for, for me, I didn't think the CG was Marvel standard. And mm. what I mean by that is everything's obviously super colourful and, and you know when they're using CG in most Marvel mm -hmm. films. Mm -hmm. But this I found was super, super, super cartoony. Mm. Mm. And there's one thing, okay, freaking contradictions, man. There was, when they're flying about in space, flying around on Earth uh, through mm. the air, yeah, it looks really cartoony. But one thing I did notice is there's quite a lot of physical costumes used still. Mm. Whereas if you look at the likes of Spider Man and um, mm. Endgame and whatnot, they're all yeah. they're all CGs and CG. Yeah, yeah. But I felt the C. Yeah, mostly for me, I thought the CG was horrendous. And mm. I mean, I watched it on Disney Plus. I haven't watched my 4K copy of it yet on mm. disc. Mm. But for me, I found it incredibly milky on Disney Plus. That the kind of lacking in kind of oomph the, the image. Yeah, the darks were mm. really milky, mm. and mm. I ended up turning all the lights off to watch it so I could actually bloody see. Yeah. And I, I guarantee it's not my television. No, no, indeed. I, I actually noticed that as often well. you mentioned that. I, I thought, you know, for it doesn't have that kind of pizzazz that you would expect it to have. Like, you know, the, with, the, with like the, the costumes, as you say, like the, the colours in the costumes and all that, kind of the gold inlays and all that. With with HDR on, on the, you know, you'd expect it to pop a little bit No, see, bit I more. thought that popped. I did, I know, I, oh, okay. I, I disagree there, I thought that popped, but it was the, I found it was quite a, when the film was dark, there was no definition. Yeah. Okay. It was okay. really milky. Uh, I can't yeah. really describe it other than no, it just no, seemed I like a bad, you it seemed like you torrented it and it was a bad torrent. Right, I'll be interested to ch check it with the disc when that's released. Then, to be fair, just to... I thought that was out, but why am I being really thick? Oh, it's because Halloween yeah, it's... Kills turned up instead of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a couple of weeks away, but it'll be interesting to see how it compares. Yeah, Definitely. I've I've already even said I'm gonna watch this again. Yeah, my problem with it, I, I kind of agree. Yeah, in terms of the visuals, it was it was a little bit lacking. Um, my problem with it was it was just it it was plodding. Right, I don't mind a slow film. Right, I don't mind a film that takes time to tell its story and isn't in a particular rush and cut, you know all that. But it felt, it was, it felt aimless. There was no kind of um, oomph, get up and go to it. If you know what I mean. Well, I think it's, it was um, trying to think of. You might, you might have a film in the MCU that has done this as well, but. What it's setting up is this new Earth's Mightiest Heroes mm. idea. You mm. know, these um, superheroes that have been around for thousands of years, helped Earth become a civilization, um, and can just do anything they bloody well want, really. Yeah. It's setting up these re these characters to return to a bigger picture. Yeah, and, and, and I think what it does do well is that in that it introduces a bunch of new characters all at once because at least with the avengers there was an element of most of them had their own film first sure where, where you introduce each of them in their own environment and you get to know them all first over a couple of hours and then you bring them together and this was the opposite way around so yeah you've got six or seven however many they are 
all at once and there's a mix of like modern day mixed in with flashbacks etc etc so it does a it has a lot to do in terms of the story it's telling and all of these different characters and the history of them so fair play there's a lot of ground it has to cover um but i just felt it, it just felt like there was it was just i don't know it, it, dull and I, I think you know there is a thing at the end which is the eternals will return good i'm glad and i hope that when they do there is either whether it's going to be a sequel or whether they'll i think it's more likely they'll appear in some of the other films first i want them to be used better yeah, I, I think films. that's fair to say. I felt there was some really clunky elements to the story. Mm. Um, like, I mean, well, to let's say before we come into like the casting of it, like there's um, Athena's character, not mm. Athena, Athena's no, character, Athena. mm. has has this memory issue. Um, yeah. And that is sort of on, going on to explain, but it didn't matter that she had this memory issue at, at, towards the end and it was built to this, be this big, dangerous thing to them as a team. Mm. I just fizzled. It didn't go anywhere. Mm. And I just thought it was just stupid. Um, I thought the comedy elements worked really well. There wasn't much of it, but what there was did work. Well. Ah, see, I picked up on that mainly because the rest of it was so dull. Um, <laughs> but you any know, port in a storm, yeah, well, exactly. Um, yeah, and some of the some of the sequences, like the forest sequence, I thought was pretty cool with the deviants. Mm. That was pretty cool. Mm. Uh, but again, they didn't really go on to explain. The deviant that sort of became the deviants evolved, don't they, and become yeah. just become more and you know the, the one that sort of had a bit more of a human form at the end. It just sort of that fizzled out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I don't know. I don't know. I I think let's talk about was, cast then, right? Go on. Yeah, I I thought the cast was great. So to be honest, you know, it's starring Angelina Jolie, who turned mm-hmm. has turned down superhero films in the past. Mm. Uh, Gemma mm-hmm. Chan, who is mm-hmm. one of the growing list of MCU actors and actresses who have already been in the MCU. She was in Captain Marvel. Richard Madden. Uh, yeah. Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, Lauren Ridloff, who's, who is new to me. Uh, Brian Thierry Henry, again, new to me, but Salma Hayek. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam McHugh, new to me. Don Lee, new, new to me. And Kit Harrington of Game of Thrones fame. Mm-hmm. Some big hard hitters there in Ooh. Hollywood. Mm. And... As I said, you know, a lot of characters to introduce in one go. Yeah. And and on the whole, I think they all got their fair share of screen time. You missed out Barry Keoghan as well. I think on the whole, they all got a, a, a good amount of screen time and, and to introduce their respective characters. And the, the performances are all fine. No problem with that. And I think actually... I think one of the more interesting ones was was Barry Keoghan's character, who had this kind of an element of you know the power going to his head a little bit, and and kind of not wanting to be quite so much a passive observer of things. I, I think his his character a little bit more interesting in that. I, I just thought I thought the characterization was fine. He created a and, cult. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I think the performances were, were all good. Um, I just was bored. Yeah, and I, I was just and and I think I think that's the worst thing a film can be. What boring? Boring. Well, yeah, I think that's, because something's got to try and captivate you for two and a half hours these days, and it's boring. If a film is bad, right? If you if you come out of watching a film 
and you think, Jesus, that was awful, right? You can laugh about how bad it was, or you can get get angry about how bad <laughs> it was, right? Yeah. You can rant and rave about how bad it was. But when you get to the end of a two and a half hour film and you're just thinking, Oh, You've got nothing to sort of take away from it other than yeah. a waste of time. Yeah. So, in the Eternals' defence, I was about to say it's just come off the back of uh, No Way Home, but it hasn't, has it? It came out first. Mm-hmm. I can't even use that as a defence. <laughs> <laughs> That's worked out nicely, hasn't it? Um, Brilliant. I mean, I went, I went to, I saw No Way Home before Eternals. Um, yeah, and I yeah. did take the stance. Oh, do you know what? That doesn't look like it's my cup of tea. I'll wait for it to come out on disc or, like mm-hmm. I say, Disney Plus. Um, mm-hmm. And Disney mm-hmm. Plus came first before disc. And am I glad I've seen it? Sure, because it's going to come mm. up now in the future. Like everything that's coming out now with Marvel. Of course, of course. But we, be, yeah, yeah. But we are spoiled with quality of Marvel these days. Um, yeah. But you know, I count on one hand maybe. In the last six years, the Marvel films that I've not enjoyed, and Marvel Marvel content that I've not enjoyed. Yeah, you know, Falcon straight away, Eternals. Uh, I've got to think really hard to think of something else I didn't really enjoy. Mm. I would think I would put this at the very bottom of the list of my in order of all the MCU stuff. I think this would go at the bottom. I think it's not. I mean. Thor The Dark World regularly gets kind of pitched as the worst MCU film. But that at least has a story that keeps going and there's good banter between Loki and Thor and obviously it sets more things up in the for the Infinity Saga. <sighs> I, I, I'm I, just trying to yeah. find a source of what uh, you know, has ranked it. <sighs> right, Tomato Meter, fine, we'll go with this. Found a credible source, everyone. Oh yeah, go on. So they have Eternals down at the worst, so twenty seventh in the list, uh-huh. with tomato meter forty eight percent. But to yeah. be fair, we know why it's down there because of the um, gammons wanting to review bomb it for the wrong reasons. Um, one thing that I again. Dis- disagree with I, I mean I've absolutely gone on record and say I disagree with the reason why it's being review bombed but something that mm. I would review it poorly for was um, the really out of place sex scene yeah ah Jesus what? I, wait, I mean, I... she literally just they literally just went from on and then they were naked on sand we got the picture right they were yeah. getting married in the next scene I've no problems with with that but it just was really out of place wasn't it but there we yeah, are there we yeah. are it made history yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. so number 26 then is Thor the Dark World, and that I wholeheartedly agree with. Let's let's scroll down a bit. 24, Iron Man 2, get out. Um, uh, yeah, they've got Black Widow at number 20. Oh, Captain Marvel's low again, but again, we're not going to go into why the gammons hated it. Um, mm-hmm. I just... Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but sorry, sorry, to, to, to actually it, conclude my point, <laughs> from... Number 18 onward. So number 18 is Captain America, the first Avenger. That has a tomato rating of 80%. Right. So think how many, you know, it's 10 films there then onward mm, mm, that are mm. 80% and higher. So that just proves my point of we're spoiled mm, with mm. how this, good it is. Well, this is, is the thing. This is the thing. It's like nearly 30 
films in plus TV projects. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some duff ones along the way, right? Um, and I think I think there are many problems with the film. I think having a scene with two blokes kissing is really not the problem with the film. Do you know what I mean? I think there's there's far more. Um, I, I I agree with you completely. I, uh, I people need to get a friggin' life because it the the content put into that film is life, whether you like it or not. I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. Um. Again, not um, not not to be preachy or anything, but the, the fact that this character who had a family, um, a you know a, a same sex relationship. This eternal being mm. <laughs> had been around on the earth for thousands of years. I'm not surprised. Let's face it. Let's put it that way. That you know he'd found what he he loved. Like what's what's exactly. wrong with that? Nothing. Exactly. Absolutely no, nothing. No, no. Quite right. And, oh, and, and he had a he kid. Knows... Get annoyed at that. Yeah, <laughs> and and obviously he knows that that is in it, for the span of his lifetime. That's going to be a very brief blip, and then in a hundred years or time or so he'll find someone else and continue continue that that's fine didn't bother me i think that was you know the kind of implications of that in like what it must be like to live forever and have relationships in that with exactly that hanging over you i think that's an interesting thing to explore and obviously when you've been around on earth for thousands of years you'll you'll try a bit of everything right did loki get that amount of flack when his character or the character of loki was essentially bisexual no, that was like praised and weird, isn't oh, it? Oh, groundbreaking! Ex- weird. Exactly, exactly. And he, and he kissed right? himself. How weird yeah, is that? No, I mean, I'm so, so <laughs> but I think uh, I think this this is it. It's like people took against it, but for the wrong reasons. Right? That that's what I'm. That's my bottom line on this. Yeah, is yeah. It, it, it was a bad film, but not for the reasons that the majority were giving it shit reviews for. No, exactly. It's just a bad it, film. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, like no, no, yeah. and 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 it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, I'm certainly interested in seeing the characters again. Um, let's. They, they'll learn. I say learn from mistakes. They, unfortunately, I think they'll pander to the masses that gave them the bad reviews, but and and for the reasons why they got bad reviews in that instance. Mm. But I, I, I do. Don't know that they, I, I don't know that they will. I, I think they'll. I think they'll stick the ground in terms of the the, the kind of character arcs and things. Okay. But, well, so, so talk talking of returning then. Yeah. Before we draw it, sort of, some somewhat of a coherent close. Mm. Um, so Kit Harrington was billed. Mm-hmm. I feel quite highly when I remember seeing the promotional material come out. I may be wrong. It was a long time ago. Mm. He was. Yeah. Not, um, not in it much, is he? He's not. No. But again, but, I think this is this is one of those ones where. It's setting up his character well, in the last, you know, the last act and probably the last twenty minutes of the movie. Mm. He reunites with his uh, his girlfriend, who's uh, played by Gemma Chan. who's obviously an mm. eternal. She comes out and says, "Oh, that she's what what she is." Blah blah blah. Mm. And he says, "Oh, my family history is kind of complicated." And I looked at my other half and went, "Who the hell is he playing?" Mm. And it's only in the after credit scene do you see that he. I thought it was Excalibur, but it isn't because that's what they have on the Eternal ship. Right. But he has this sword. Yeah. So he's a character called Black Knight. Right. Um, 
Well, there's there's also a voice off off screen that says, "Are you sure you're ready for that?" I think that's Blade, and that is Blade. So that's Mahershala Ali. And is that Blade. a movie or is that going to be a series? That's going to be a film. Awesome. I, be- I believe they're due be, to start filming that next year. It better be 15 or whatever it is in the UK versus mm. America because mm. I know a lot of the fans will want the bloodthirst that was the original Blades, which I still haven't seen. Mm. I, I that I was a bit too young when that came out. Okay, okay. Um, and my older friends were, you know, again, too young to watch it. Yeah. But... Like for them, that was the first. This is blood and guts. For they saw. Yeah. Oh no, the the first two are great. The, first, and the second Blade film is directed by Guillermo del Toro as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, it's I know. I give Trinity a f- wide berth because yeah, he insists the, he got a bit. It got to his head, didn't it? The, very much so. But the second one's fantastic. The okay. second one is brilliant. I think with Black Knight, they're, they're clearly setting his character up there. I think I, I'm not familiar with the character in the comic books, but I believe they are links. I, I believe there's links with Captain Britain. That'd be cool. Uh, who's been rumoured for a while to be kind of on on the plans for for the MCU. So that might be a good way to kind of link in with with Captain Britain a bit further down the line. I think he has links in the comics with uh, Doctor Strange as well. Um, so I think there's, there's plenty to do with him as a character, and clearly it was just to introduce him and, and so on. Antique Blade. And obviously, yes, there must be a connection with Blade because he's—you don't see him, but you hear him. He's clearly in the same room, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. talking to him at, at the end. I did have and to also, Google it, mind. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, and also we get to see uh, Thanos's brother. Oh, don't! I, I'd forgotten about that. Played by Harry Styles. Squeak. Um. <laughs> Hello, you could call me Star Fox. <laughs> And who was who was the little goblin thing? Uh, oh, Patton Oswald. Oh, was that Patton Oswald? Okay. Yeah, it was. Okay, that'll be interesting. I, I mean, I've only I, seen Harry uh, Styles in Dunkirk. This is and, the thing. And in that, to be fair, he's good. I'm not. So, a, I'm not a One Directioner, as you could probably no. tell me, banging on about Muse and Slipknot every week. But yeah. um, I knew he was going to be an Eros's mm. character name, and it it bothered me when I I heard that he was cast. But at the end of the day, he's not prancing around singing. What makes you no. beautiful? No. Uh, you know he's playing a character, and I'm curious to see where. He, I mean, Star Fox is a hilarious name, but um, yes. I, yeah. well, I was going to say I think for all that is Thanos's brother, it seems that there seems to be a bit more of a comedy element, a bit more light-hearted element to that character. There's a bit of slapstick, isn't there, in the kind of his uh, introduction? So yeah, we'll see where that goes. It it was yeah. it wasn't good, but again, my bottom line because it's on the internet, it, I didn't think it was crap because of what everyone else thought. Yeah. It was yeah. just boring. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Marvel. Just, it was just disappointing more than anything. Yeah, let down. It wasn't bad enough to get angry about. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... It was, just not for those reasons. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So so that's that's Eternals. There we yeah. go. Well, okay, so um, we, I feel we need to have some sort of rating. You know, tomato, have tomato meters... Mm. How many trumpets do you give it? Trumpet. Out How many of... trumps? <laughs> I'd give it um, a, a soggy wet fart. So uh, like a like a one. Like a like our theme. So I'm ho- hopefully Barry Spanner from the Sussex uh, Symphony Orchestra will be happy that we have incorporated incorporated incorporated, incorporated yeah. 
trumpets now into we our can, reviews. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll name it after him, right? We'll have our spannerometer <laughs> in honour of Barry Spanner. It still doesn't mention trumpets, though. Oh, no, it doesn't. Does it? <laughs> also, any, if there is a real Barry Spanner at the... Uh, who plays first chair for the Sussex Symphony Orchestra, which I googled, and it that does exist. Um, <laughs> it's purely coincidental. But by the same token, get in touch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a name, Barry Spanner, if that's real. <laughs> Fair play. Again, if if we're doing one through five, it's it's a solid one. Yeah. Every every number I give is it's solid because I agree yeah. with it. It's not a rocky yeah. one, solid one. Poor film, poor film, <laughs> poor film. Okay, I think that probably wraps it up, doesn't it? Oh, thank God for that. There we go. So, as usual, um, follow us on the socials. Um, uh, online at culturetrumpet.com where you can find all of our listening links, link to our Patreon if you're feeling uh, generous. And you can also contact us there with any questions, just like Tristan and Barry, real people, send real us questions. Real people. Um... Questions, comments, feedback, all the good stuff. Uh, recommend us to um, your friends and your enemies. And wherever you're listening to the episode, there will be a share button somewhere on that screen, so please use it. Let's go viral like COVID. Yay! Yay. What do you reckon we'll be talking about next week? Oh, something brand new and cutting edge. What, like Scream? Yeah. <laughs> Which one, the original? Oh, I watched the first one. To refresh my memory, in mm. case I see the fifth one. Right. Okay. Um, but there's no guarantees I'm going to get out no. to see it. No. Well, I guess it'll just have to be a surprise oh. for, the, for the for the ladies, gentlemen, and boys and girls. Tune in next week to see what we find worth talking crap about for an hour. Yeah. Maybe well, I tell you what we could do. We could watch Eternals again and see if our views have changed. No, wait. Let's not waste oh, our God, time. No, let's, let's not, not waste our let's time. Let's not really. Let's we not. could do. Watch your favorite. Tedism. Yeah? What's your favourite Tedism from Line of Duty? Tying oh. him back into the BBC. Oh my god. Um I mean that's for next week. Don't give it don't give it okay, away. Okay, alright, okay. Away. I'll don't have a think. Away. I'll have a think. <laughs> anyway, thanks again for us to our sponsor for introducing us. Um Yes, thank you very much. Culture Trumpet. Next time. Bye. Bye.